0: Everybody, once again to the low key podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Lanton, and as always, we have my co-host, Mr. Keith Denny, and Tim Malloy. You know, TM Malloy, Tim Malloy, or oh, that'd be kind of
1: weird. How Tim.
0: TM, TM. <laughs> and uh, today we are going to be covering Blood Brothers: Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, a new documentary about these two icons um, who. Started out with really, really close bonds when they first met each other and how they lost that that bond, that close uh, trust they had with each other. It's really fascinating. Uh, all this new archival footage they were able to present and also kind of frame and, and explain a lot of things about just their entire journey that, you know, it's hard to put in the context without, you know, this sort of author, this sort of framing. Um, so it's really an interesting set of content. We're excited to talk about it before we jump headfirst into all the spoils for the doc and, you know, all our thoughts and, you know, how it relates to what's going on today. We have a special announcement, uh, from Mr. Keith Denny on a project that he's been working on. So Keith, take it away. Oh, uh, so, um, so yeah, so my short film is about to come
2: out on October the 6th we're actually going to be premiering it at the Grandscape in plano texas on october like i said october 6 around 7 p.m but we're also going to be streaming it online and you guys can get your tickets um if you go to the instagram <laughs> the instagram on um,
1: <laughs> uh,
0: like somebody daddy
2: <laughs> the low-key pod um instagram page i'll put a link on there so you guys can if you guys want to support um, support me and my short film you guys can just um click on the link and um purchase your tickets from there and once again there are online viewings for those who are of course not in the Dallas Fort Worth area or that want to you know be be safe and at home and away from um, COVID-19 and everything so so yeah I
1: bought a ticket it was super easy it was super fast and see you there
0: yeah yeah
1: of course, and everybody edits. here will be there.
0: It's going to be really exciting. Uh, oh, man, it's really proud of you, man. This is a really big accomplishment. So um, really can't wait to support you. And, you know, I see you in there on your premiere. Yeah, I appreciate, um, appreciate it. Appreciate it. And make sure, hey, when, when you post about it and, and provide that link, like give give everybody like an exclusive screenshot the public hasn't seen yet. Uh, yeah. That the public hasn't seen. Yet.
1: We have to read the script of this so we know it's good. So yeah. I can't wait to see it brought to life.
2: Yeah, Man, yeah me too. I'm 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 curious to see what people say about it, you know. But I'm like, um, uh, what 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 old girl said, keep in mind I'm an artist, so I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about Erica about right now?
0: Right, right. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> <laughs> what and you know, that was a whole live concert for uh Baduism, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah. it was um
2: before she drew um Tyrone or whatever, I think. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I'm I'm just I just hope everybody um likes it, especially the people that's involved. That's kind of like one of my most important things that the people that put their time and their energy and their expertise to the project that they feel like they did something that they're proud of, you know, and not something that they hide and keep off their um resume. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it's not gonna yeah,
2: That's gonna be pretty funny. I think people gonna
0: like it for the most part. I'm I'm Fingers crossed! I think y'all gonna like it. So, I just say, you know, uh, I'm sure a lot of people on Facebook when you talk about it are gonna be excited to see it. It's gonna be like a romance story. I ain't expecting you to have some wizards and goblins in your shit. You thought it was romance? Uh, yeah, I don't know how that happened, and it,
2: and it <laughs> turns out to be that's all that i have actually been writing lately
0: is well, romance. You're, so you're in a loving mood in your life, so maybe this is just influencing your work. That's definitely not what it is <laughs> I just think you
2: know just writing about relationships in general is a tad bit easier because you you know pull from experience,
0: I think yeah. most people feel the opposite actually it well, yeah, like if you, if process. You, yeah, if you don't
2: want to pull from your experiences, then yeah, it is hard, yeah, but if you if it's kind of like therapeutic, almost like journaling in a sense, and you just putting together a story and characters in it but then pulling from your own life um which is what i kind of did with the moment and what i do with certain with my stories now then it you know it, it's an easier process in that in that matter then then you know writing fantasy and sci-fi where you're probably world building and trying to get all these certain intricate details right and stuff like that so yeah yeah
1: I think you still do really good world building of the worlds of your characters. And I've said it before, but you write the realist dialogue I've seen on the page. Like it's really, it's really hard to make people sound like they actually sound. And you can just hear people's voices really coming through in your scripts. So I know that when people are actually acting it out, it's going to be uncanny and it's going to feel relatable to everybody who's been in this situation, been in one of these just heartbreaking, difficult what do I do type situations. So I can wait to see
2: appreciate it. it. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's because writing dialogue is hard. I, I still got a lot to do, work, a lot to work with with that. But, you know, I think it's all a process. You know, you do something, might suck a little bit, then you just keep doing it to your other stuff,
0: don't suck as much. So I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to make it suck as little as possible. Yeah.
2: Just make it suck as little as possible. So.
0: Exactly. Yep. In a vacuum, you know, somebody reads that quote. Man, what the hell were they talking about? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I think that's a good method. Well, speaking of of um, you know, trying to work through a process, uh, Blood Brothers, uh, really, really um, interesting. Recently, for some reason, we keep coming back to this period, this very specific period, about fifty years ago um around the sonny liston fight uh we saw that actually reimagined set of conversations that they actually mentioned here um in blood brothers uh from um the movie directed by regina king the name's escaping me one night in miami uh, which is a pretty fantastic film uh where it uh tells a possible set of conversations to happen between muhammad ali Malcolm X, Jim Brown, Sam Cooke—the night that Muhammad Ali defeated Sonny Liston in Miami—and um, then we've seen other documentaries recently, um, a little further back, telling similar stories around these figures, around this time, you know, right before the assassination of Malcolm X and others around them. So it, it's really cool because this is this is a perspective we didn't get to see, uh, specifically the relationship focus on Malcolm X Muhammad Ali so what did you guys think of you know this film like you know was there a moment that kind of shocked you or really stood out is is something like oh man like I hadn't considered this or I just didn't expect something uh, between these two figures
1: Um, there are a couple for me I didn't know the ice cream thing in one night in Miami was true I kind of thought they put that in to be funny um but no the ice cream was very well researched in this movie <laughs> i know that's like a minor detail but that's such a just like you would just wonder what does a boxer do after winning a huge fight and eating ice cream is the last thing you think it's going to be and it's just so like humanizing and so you know muhammad ali is not ever who you expect him to be and and it says a lot about Did, i mean i think it, it this, says a lot i mean it says
0: a lot about who he he's 22 yeah he's 22 and it's like you can look at that as either just really whimsical and almost childlike or you can look at it like this is a person who in addition to that perhaps but this you could also look at it like this is a person who does not indulge in being at that point promiscuous with women in, in a way that was really public you know um he's not somebody who at that point was like flashy with jewelry and clothes and things like that he wanted to say much more simple and like just just basic like relaxing thing like something that centered him was ice cream like it's just really interesting that that's how he chose oh. to celebrate
2: he also wasn't at that level yet you know say more I, I think I know where you're gonna say no I mean more. at the level to be i guess taken in by all of those vices this was pretty much the beginning of his career well i mean like, think about it, a lot of
0: people when you're 22 shit before people become the champ they they can sometimes get in all that i agree i agree they but it's can but though. that there's a whole nother level to it you know at that point and, and also black people ain't, ain't at that time got the freedom to be going just everywhere no way In such right. segregated place i think like he can just Unless you already had like underground ties or something, you ain't going to just be up in the, in the you know, rizziest places necessarily. Right, right. You know, as a black person.
2: Yeah, yeah even if you got hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound really goofy, but I remember when I read the autobiography of Malcolm X, which was sitting behind me in the bookshelf, um, <laughs> just thinking like, oh, well, I could never be I could never be in the nation. There's a lot of reasons I could never be in the nation of Islam, but but the <laughs> yes, there's there quite a few. The no alcohol, no pork, no white women. I was like, yeah, I could never get past. I could do fine with pork. There have been long stretches of no women of any kind. Um, especially at that age. <laughs> but the alcohol thing, I was like, how would you ever do that? Like, how would you ever have the discipline to do that? And now, as a like non-drinking, you know, happily married middle-aged, middle-aged white dude in 2021, ice cream is totally my indulgence. And <laughs> I found that like crazy relatable for some reason. Like Malcolm X didn't get a lot of breaks and didn't get a lot of moments to relax. And the the thought of him and Muhammad Ali like bonding over ice cream at that was just incredible.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. And, and that picture of them together, it's just so. There's just a lot of warmth in it, you know? I
1: promise I'm not going to fixate on ice cream, but...
0: (laughs) No, but you know what's crazy, though? Like, actually, you know, looking back on it, it it makes some things about One Night in Miami a little more impressive. Like, I thought something Mm -hmm. about, like, the the way that you have these two very masculine figures showing, like, a real love and appreciation for one another in their acting, it, it really does reflect that they did their research, I feel like that they really kind of understood the warmth those two have for one another, and and kind of like this this genuine camaraderie, despite the fact that there is almost like a a, a generation gap between the two of them. You know, oh, at yeah. that time, Malcolm X is thirty nine, and Muhammad Ali is twenty two. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of like a big. It was kind of like that big brother, little
2: brother dynamic. And it's it's interesting, it was funny as um Tim was just mentioning the discipline that the guys, um, the brothers from the nation of Islam have. I was just thinking about, like, man, not just on the, you know, no pork, no white women, no drinking thing, but just just when you think of Malcolm X, like what what did he do? Like, what did he do when he wasn't dealing with the Nation of Islam? Like. What what was his ice cream? Since we're talking about ice cream, but then well, it I think like, it about like his him. family. Yeah, but even still, like, you but you know, mean like, like even away man. from them, like 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 just to yourself. Like, like let's person. let's use this for example. Like you love your family, right? Mm-hmm. Your family with you like all the time, and you work and stuff like that. But you also play video games. That could be it. that's your thing, right? Okay. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's your thing. I can't picture Malcolm X sitting in front of a t- even though games didn't exist, but just because of, it it make you think about it, like, what was his fun in life? You know what I mean? Yeah. And And I was thinking about maybe, I mean, that's probably just a part of him that we never seen, but also he had his younger life. So at the time that he would have been, Around Muhammad uh, Muhammad Ali, who was Cassius Clay at the time, age he was Detroit Red, yeah. So he was like in the streets. He he um, been to prison. He was pimping. He was just he was living that life, right? Mm-hmm. Or like um, some old cats you say back in the He got all his licks in, mm-hmm. meaning he pretty much did pretty much every type of vice that you could have done. And probably to the point that after the fact, when he realized that there was something greater than him that he could live to, he poured his whole, he took that same energy that he took that he had on the street and took it to something else that he, he felt was a higher it. purpose. Yeah. He harnessed that energy. So once he harnessed it, there was no other time for anything else besides that, it seems. Because yeah. there's yeah. also this statement in Once Upon a Time, Miami, that I thought was it was simple. It was small, but it was one of the best lines to me of the film. When he was first talking to uh, Cassius about leaving the nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cassius was like, well, what, what, what was uh, ain't you a Muslim? I mean, you the one got me all into it. Da, 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 da. And he was like, well, I'm about to leave because I'm too Muslim.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? And that stood out to me because there's was this difference between like being religious and mm-hmm. really... In my opinion, being a part of that connection to the to the most high and mm-hmm. doing what is right.
0: Yeah, let's come let's come back to that. Cause the reason for his leaving, no one denies it. No one denies that what Elijah Muhammad was doing. So let's let's come back to that. There, there's a there's a conversation we had there. Um it's a, before, it's a cultural thing mixed into that. It, too. it ain't just culture, that that's like you know, I mean, this—we have a problem about that across society. That particular thing. Uh, let's no, come back to that I, well,
2: what I'm saying is—is is the snitching, snitching thing. Black people really. Oh
0: well, it. that well, we but the way they my, did that, the way they did that, man, there ain't no snitching when it comes to doing that kind of stuff. That's idiotic to to talk about it in that way. But again, we'll come back to that. Um what did you guys think about the way that the uh documentary itself was constructed um the way it chose us to um put together the events that you know was this like a convincing uh way to put it together for you did you kind of feel like you know it it, it flowed well like what you guys think hmm. it did for uh, me
2: yeah. i mean
1: I love the look of it. I love the aesthetic. I love to kind of pay tribute to like the style of the 1960s. I thought the music was incredible. Um, I mean, these are stories we've all kind of heard, but if you asked us to, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but if you asked me to like give a chronology of everything that happened, I wouldn't be able to.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I thought it did great with that.
1: Yeah, I, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X <clears throat> were kind of friends. I don't know when they met. Um, I know something happened with Elijah Muhammad, but. I didn't know the dates. I didn't know that Muhammad Ali considered himself a Muslim going back to the late 50s. I thought all that was fascinating. I thought they did a good job with Malcolm X's break with the Nation of Islam. Um, But the movie Malcolm X, of course, does an amazing job with it. And his autobiography does an amazing job with explaining it and laying it all out. So I I just thought the chronology and the one jump back in time that they do in this thing was very effective. And I thought it hummed along really well. Like there was never a boring point. There was never a slow point. And there was never really anything where I thought, yeah, I don't buy that. Or they should have had more of this or anything like that. I thought the the balance was pretty great. Um, Director's Marcus A. Clark. I thought he did a great job. Oh, I didn't like the animated sequence where they meet in the restaurant because I'm just tired of documentaries doing animated sequences. But I get it because you know there was no camera like what could they do
0: yeah 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 for that part i mean you don't have to do that i mean there's plenty of things they say where like it's not there's no visual but yeah i, th- I thought it would, You know, it was work for what it was and i only used it one time that i can recall the animated i think stuff. they did it again when they was in the car like on the yeah. Yeah. when mm, they, they right. saw yeah, each other think, in
2: the car or something like that you're the right way.
0: yeah there was one other time yep yeah. okay
2: um so those two. Mm-hmm. I do like the the use that they of like the footage. I know Randall kept bringing up like who was taking all these pictures, because <laughs> like the, that was like the most perfect. Like some of the, some of the shots were like some of the most perfect shots. And, and, man. Um, and even when they was bad with the camera, boy, man, on people's cold, <laughs> man, like it was, that's that Muhammad Ali Sonny Liston fight look like it was shot today almost. It's incredible. Like it was like like it was shot today and then made to look like it was shot in the um sixties. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: like yeah like somebody put a sixties filter on it. <laughs>
2: right. And it's it it was just it was just so um it's interesting how how they made that and and then just doing these little like kind of like these little shot these little um editing cuts where they kind of stop it and then have like these little flashes and stuff. And um just you know and make it interesting i even like how they explain the type of um the type of guy that sonny liston was
1: <laughs> yeah
2: I, I thought that was like, interesting like how he I was a long know. shark and how he he only person he was afraid of was a crazy person mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and muhammad ali just tra-
0: came off to be the craziest <laughs> motherfucker ever and it was um, also interesting to, to hear them talk about how nervous he was before the fight right and then how um following you know his, his uh prayer meditation with, with malcolm X, how um it you know put him in the right state of mind uh
2: um, gave him confidence
0: yeah right 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 state of mind right right place in the spirit to to reach where he had to reach because he really actually he was talking all that mess but he did respect his opponent he really really did yeah and because he didn't knew- take a lot
2: this man, this man could could kill you, and it's, and that's um I, I hear a lot of fighters talk about that. Like you have to, you have to respect your opponent, and you have to to an extent fear them. Like you, not to an extent, you have to fear your opponent.
0: Yeah, because otherwise you, you get his name records.
2: you. Right, yeah, you can act cocky and act like you hard all day, but you know for a fact this person is a professional fighter, mm. and it's a chance that they can possibly kill you in the ring.
0: Well, and and you know, to that point, the the reality of of, you know, uh, the condition uh, of Parkinson's that a lot of people feel like, you know, in Muhammad Ali's case, um, that that his boxing career affected his brain, and and, you know, may have led to um, him being more likely to have that disease. That that led a lot of boxers. later generations to approach the sport differently you know we hear people like floyd mayweather talk about that a lot how you know you saw what happened to muhammad ali Say, well i'm not getting hit you know um yeah so because back in the day sometimes people
2: intentionally get hit (laughs) like that yeah like he he kind of did that when he fought george foreman he was
0: letting him he was absorbing hits yeah a Um, little bit yeah, well, he, so, well, I mean, he, he dodged the big stuff, but the, he was, you know, he was trying to let him wear himself out. But you know, right, like right. you said, you you do, you do that enough times against enough opponents, like you know, um, it, it's likely to to you know damage you. Yeah, and I and I definitely did
2: like the flow of the story because we got a little bit of of history, you know, even if even though it's stuff that we already know about, with you know, but with a new context, people, some of the stuff really changes. Right, right, yeah. When you put into context, like what um
0: what Ali throwing is metal into into the river. Yeah, actually, I um, I feel like I might have heard that story before about him going to the diner after being at the Olympics, and this happened a lot to people. If you look at their writings from that period in their journals or just interviews they would do, they you know they would talk about being these accomplished black people who will go to France or somewhere else in Western Europe. And just have all this freedom, just no segregation anywhere, right, right, and be treated with at least some modicum of respect, and then come back here, and it's immediately Jim Crow again. Yeah. So
2: <laughs>
0: I, I just, I for some reason, I just always forget he won the gold medal. He was that young. He comes home, and then it's right back to to reality. And right. I didn't know. I think I might have known about the diner situation. But I didn't know he threw his medal in the river. Yeah, yeah, I actually knew that part. I didn't know that one. Yeah, but but
2: but just like I said, it's those little things like that that you know, if you don't know about that the person, they're able to throw that in, but also tell this story between um the relationship between Malcolm and um and Ali, which I didn't even know. I thought it was like you know how people just know somebody and they acquainted with them and stuff. Yeah, I didn't know that relationship to be. St- Kind of a pivotal relationship between the two of them, right? And and how I don't know if I'm skipping ahead, but his reaction and what he said publicly about um, Malcolm X after he was assassinated. I think okay, I
0: think it's fair for us to. I've, to, to, I've, yeah.
2: I've yeah. never. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've never. I never knew that was a thing. I haven't heard this. I, it was my first time ever seeing that footage. I've never seen it in an article or yeah. anything.
0: So I uh, grew up with some people in the nation, so, you know, I wasn't, um, you know, the, these things were completely new to me um, as far as how the Nation of Islam spoke about Malcolm X. Um, Louis Farrakhan's never been, um, he doesn't go out of his way to demonize Malcolm X, but if I directly you know about his relationship to the nation he uh you know reflects his his um message reflects what we saw in the documentary um although not as inflammatory uh typically um now i actually learned about muhammad ali and his you know thoughts when he was in the nation through youtube Mm. um you know i you know sometimes and i was much younger this is like youtube back when youtube was really really new i don't even think they had ads yet and i you know i just type stuff in and you know you get all these related things about muhammad ali and um you know oh i'm talking about Malcolm X. Oh wow. and um you know I, I would i had seen the parts first where he was you know talking about how he had gone against uh elijah muhammad and you know, I, I thought he was just talking smack about them, right? You know, and they didn't really really know each other. And I ended up realizing they did because I saw earlier videos where, you know, he talked about the brotherhood they had together. I didn't know any of the context. I'm just watching YouTube videos. This is before, like, you know, this might be like 2009 or 10 or something. So it was much earlier before you have some of these things help connect the dots for you. And um, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating because he was such a young man. I mean, by the time... He leaves, so he joins the the nation at the age of twenty two. Breaks from Malcolm X, he leaves the nation in like his early thirties. Yeah, this and stuff he, happens so fast.
1: He dies at thirty nine. Like it, it, it's incredible. Oh, well, well, in
0: this case, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about uh, Muhammad uh, Ali. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. But, but well, I mean, but you know, so Malcolm X. I mean, it's kind of similar. Was, you know, late thirties um for for Malcolm X I mean there's a reason that that divide takes place I think and you know Tim I would definitely want to leave room for you to talk about this too before we go too deep down that road but yeah I mean it's you know I I don't know I don't know like it it was interesting with the additional context to see what he had to say I'd seen some of the stuff earlier but you know knowing all these other things in their proper context now, it, it was um, even more gut-wrenching, really.
1: Yeah, and I like that they talked to Muhammad Ali's family um, and Malcolm X's family and talk about how how much regret there was, things that Muhammad Ali didn't really get to express in life, partly because of Parkinson's, and get into how things – there might have been some rapprochement between them if Malcolm X had lived. I mean, I got that sense. I felt like they would have – found a way to come back together if his life hadn't been cut short
2: i don't know i don't know some of the stuff he said about
0: him
1: though (laughs) it would
0: have been a while i think well you know the thing one thing that was super interesting that because okay one thing i appreciate this documentary could have been 15 hours and they chose a good length um there's a lot to say. There's a lot of possibilities. It just, it just completely by accident, I bumped into an interview that the director did with Bomani Jones on the ESPN. Um, oh my god, his name's escaping me at the moment. Uh, the director is Marcus Clark, mm-hmm. um, and he confirmed there were things that they just didn't get into, um, such as the relationship between willis Khan and uh, Muhammad Ali. One of the other things that they and they didn't mention his apply line, they didn't get into it. they just kind of explained some more things in context. So, you know, Muhammad Ali's 22 20 and he joins the nation. He has a lot of people who, so before he had these white guys in his life from Kentucky who were kind of controlling his career, um, one of the reasons that he left that situation, joined the nation, all that was because of the idea of, as you know, talked about. Various times with the nation and their their ministry, we saw was the idea of black independence, black autonomy, black freedom. Well, the thing is, once he uh, Muhammad Ali joins the nation, they essentially are his boxing managers. You can see where that can go. Elijah Muhammad's son was the manager for Muhammad Ali. They control yeah. the purse strings. You can kind of see where this is going. Yeah. Um, It's not that he would not have believed in the teachings of Allah as they, you know, uh, discussed him and that he was not, um, intending to live that life. However, at the end of the day, a lot of hit the winnings went into the coffers of the nation. This is what it is. Um, there's a lot of complexity because the thing is the thing that he, I don't even think he stayed in the nation a full 10 years. It might've been just like just over 10 years. And, um, the he thing about
1: 25
0: like right huh
1: he leaves in like 75 right
0: yeah so it's like right around 10 cuz he joined in 64 um so the thing about that is you know all the things where we see him um speaking up about being um loyal to Elijah Muhammad have you know there's a lot of complexity there. I mean, of course, as his the leader in the nation, that's very important spiritual leader. But also, again, like he's controlling the purse strings. It's just a lot of stuff happening, and like you know, he left the nation right after Elijah Muhammad's passing. You know, um, it's that r- made, he just had a lot of power, and, and and there are things that don't have to be said. Just like Elijah Muhammad doesn't have to say specifically in any particular manner that they were not unhappy about what they felt like malcolm had coming to them
1: yeah Uh, i mean they were more explicit i think even i think elijah muhammad was even more explicit in some statements than were shown in the movie Um, oh yeah he was he was not he was basically saying, let this be a lesson to you. Like, if you criticize no, me. He, no, he did he said yeah. that
0: in the, in the, in the, yeah. actually, they did clip that. We said, somebody who speaks up against me, you know.
1: Oh, it won't I, go. I forgot verbatim what He's it not, was. He sounds very Trumpy, actually. He's like, it won't yeah. go good for you. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. For real. For real. He's such a strange figure to me because he has none of the charisma of Malcolm X. I don't under He has not even the charisma of Louis Farrakhan. And I don't understand how he had so much power. He becomes like the Pope of this religion and becomes known as this prophet. And I don't know. I honestly do not get well, it. Well, it, I do feel like this is
0: explicitly explained, though. By, um, oh, man, I, oh, I never remember how to say his name properly, and I really don't want to get it wrong. Um, it is Shadiq Supreme Shabazz Allah. So the the uh, oh, the, the universal high priest who's ninety three years old. Um, one of the things I didn't even mention this one, but like you know, for me, one of the things that stood out in the movie is the OGs just have different values. Yes, they're complicated value systems. They're very complicated. They they are contradictory in some ways but they are not here for any sort of intellectual back and forths about what is and isn't how we go about doing things um essentially you know he said i mean and it's weird because he definitely felt like malcolm x brought many positives with him but there's no speaking up against elijah muhammad because as the person who found the nation, he very um, clearly states to people that God is Black, God spoke to him, he is God's messenger. And to speak against the messenger of God is to smite God. And to do that, to join the nation and then go against those teachings is to become a hypocrite so when they speak about hypocrite, it's not an intellectual hypocrite. It's not even just a hypocrite about you're down with white people. You, first, you're me about how bad white people were, and now you're not. It is a hypocrite in that you were a religious hypocrite. You were a hypocrite against God. Because by speaking against Elijah Muhammad, you were speaking against God. So in that way, they see any action against him not as a violent act, but as an act of self-defense because you're defending the man who speaks the word of God.
1: Yeah. There's great interior logic. in a lot of what the nation of Islam says that when you take it out of the context of the nation of Islam, you just go, that is, I mean, I'm going to expose myself here as a non-follower of the nation of Islam. It just sounds completely ridiculous. If you're not in the context of nation of Islam, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know When you lived in New York, did people always try to say the final call?
0: No, I got that way
1: more in Memphis. Okay. Because, like, I would occasionally buy a final call and read a final call and, like, uh, try to understand. Well, you know, I wasn't in Harlem enough because that's where
0: they are mostly.
1: Pretty much. It's pretty much 125th. Yeah. um, When you get off that subway. And. (laughs) Not for real.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because that's where Malcolm X Boulevard is, all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, And sometimes you'll read stuff and it's just. the rhetoric is just you can see how it's persuasive but also there's there's so much stuff in there that's just to me ridiculous and you can say that about any religion but there there i remember this article where farrakhan is describing the jew and he's like saying are we saying that people who you know go to synagogue are jews like sure they're jews but that's not who i'm referring to and i'm like okay this is going to be something where like he's just saying that all enemies of of the nation are Jews or something like that. He's not taking out on the actual Jews. And it's like, oh, no, he definitely is. But also <laughs> adding these other people in who are also Jews. Yeah, it's, it's just this stuff where it's like, yeah, I get how you could get caught up in like the rhetoric of this, but it just sucks.
0: <laughs> well, and I mean, they're at this point, too, um, and I doubt this person, you know, some of the, well, it's not just one, it's the other people, multiple people who've been passing this along to me. But, you know, within the nation now, there's a lot of anti-vaccine um, rhetoric too, and they are um, sharing it with, with people who also are not in the nation and trying to convince them that um, if they take the vaccine, it'll kill them in two to three years and all this other additional nonsense. Um, you know, and, and you know, people do these things and are, you know, they, they mean well, right? Um, they're telling you this because they think it's correct and and will protect you and them and you know other people they love. Um, but you know it's it's um, continue to be. Um, it, so the thing about Elijah Muhammad and and um, and other people who come after it's it is. A hard for a lot of people to get around the the fact the the fact this is a fact that they do bring order to some people's lives they do help them turn around what they've been doing and become folks who are good citizens and really uh, folks who make a difference in people's lives like this is a real real thing
1: 100% um,
0: however It's interesting, like, today we happen to be talking about this. Um, There's another situation um, that I was going to bring up related to Nicki Minaj and her husband and how they've been um, trying to cover up her husband's abuse of a young minor and just creating all this nonsense about vaccines and stuff to kind of cover up his situation. And it's just weird. But there's actually a story a lot more relevant to this conversation, which is weird. Um the, you know, um, th- there was an actress. I can't remember who in the 70s recently we talked about when she was 15, she was raped multiple times and nobody listened to her. What I mean, are you talking Gabrielle about Union? Union. Oh, who are we talking about? Sorry. Gabrielle Alanis Union. No, no, not Gabrielle Union. I'm sorry. Who,
1: who are you thinking of, Tim? Alanis Morissette.
0: Yes. Okay. okay. So she brought that up a couple of days ago. Uh, we've seen a lot of things even in recent times with that. The thing I'm thinking of immediately is Larry Dancer who today has been on trial and many of the us gymnasts and there were hundreds of young girls who were abused by him uh who have brought forth their cases um he's being charged and all these things now there were powerful people at these universities who protected him um I bring this up in, in the context of what we're talking about now because the whole thing with Elijah Muhammad and why Malcolm X dipped was the fact that factually he fathered multiple kids by young girls, minors, and had them hemmed up in one building where they acted as his secretaries and they could not leave the building. It was almost like a, what'd you call it, like a harem or something? It was.
1: I mean, he acknowledged mm-hmm. that he had these relationships. I don't know all the details of it, but he acknowledged having these relationships and basically defended it as, "Look, I'm a prophet. Like this is what prophets do."
0: Yeah, and, and in mm-hmm. the documentary, the people who are in the nation, even the there was the son of like the guy who um, who first kind of introduced Muhammad Ali to the nation. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I apologize yeah, for that. I, I, I do really, want to yeah. be accurate with that. Um, but he spoke. With venom about Malcolm X, the other people said, you know, like you can't be. He should because even Muhammad Ali's brother said he shouldn't have said that. Yeah, he shouldn't have said that.
1: By the way, I don't think it was Miami. I misspoke. I'm sorry. I what? Well, no, the uh, guy who first introduced him. I I forgot. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. But <sighs> it was in the 50s. But yeah, no. everybody but, says. Everybody pretty much agrees that everybody from the nation seems to be in agreement that Malcolm X was wrong to do that even if they in retrospect hold Malcolm X in high regard and regret how things happened but but the guy makes there's one guy who makes the amazing analogy of if you are responsible for delivering a package across the street and you deliver it across the street it doesn't matter if you're like you know drinking as you do it or you have this young girl with you as you do it your job is to deliver the package that there's, is some crazy shit yeah (laughs) and the thing is like
0: because you hear old heads talk about in really blunt ways about some stuff not this subject in particular but i'm saying like there's just a really blunt way to look at the world There's not like a lot of room for you know um conversation on you know changing their minds but like we're talking about the abuse of young girls and the thing that i think at the end of the day that this story really is about it is about You know, and I just mean like this particular story, for real, is about masculine power and what happens when it's challenged. Like
1: we're talking about, but
0: think, but think about it. So Malcolm X is nearing his forties. He has two young daughters, right? And you get a man later. And Muhammad Ali, who has daughters, and they end up being about the same age when he leaves the nation. There's something un- unspoken and unsaid, like about this thread, too, of like these men, these intellectuals who end up like in this situation where they're also like kind of watching this happen and and I think in some ways like having the the gift of daughters and thinking that through and how that a, abuse could have happened to them too, is also something that's kind of an inherent part of the story also.
2: Yeah. I also think that for it, for, you know, you say we, we both view we all three of us and most people would consider it to be abuse, but I also wanted within the nation of Islam, would it overall for the majority of the people that was involved around that time, would it be considered to be abuse in any type of form? Because let me see how I can put this in the words. Like who, who, who makes a law? Like who decides that 16 is too young? Like mm-hmm. who decides that 18 is old enough? Mm-hmm. The white man, right? Apparently, like, like, sure, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm, let's yeah. say if we're going I'm, I'm with that logic, logic, right? logic. Mm-hmm. right, right. So, if you're creating your own nation, which is an um from an Islamic nation, right, separate and apart, separate and apart, then mm-hmm. therefore the actions, therefore you make your own laws. So, in this nation, would it be easy? Would it be something to say that there might be an understanding that? what elijah muhammad wouldn't be considered wrong because within this nation there's nothing wrong with that like to be with a with a a, a young woman that's you know a teenager see, or I, even I for think, her 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 parents to allow you to have her i see because... i think
0: i think you're 100 right and i think honestly that is why malcolm x could not let that shit go
1: I, th- I think this is one of the things that cult leaders do is they just say, right. these rules don't apply to me. Like maybe you're right. married to this woman or this man. I'm going to take them anyway, because I am a prophet and that's how it goes. This is what Jim Jones did. This right. is what Elijah Muhammad does. I mean, I'm sorry to hit the Mormons again, but this was something very common in Mormon sex of the past. I know the mm-hmm. Mormon church totally regrets, rejects it now. Um, yeah, of and I mean you know the Catholic Church doesn't have the greatest recent history with child abuse. It's almost any really powerful religion seems to succumb to this abuse of this most basic abuse of power in some ways.
2: Yeah, but also I think that within within that that people thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, they did marry,
1: Yeah. When life expectancy was 30, you know, it was. (laughs) And
2: so and so and so I think that they still feel that there's nothing wrong with that, because at one point in time, it wasn't a problem.
0: But So I think I think I think to your point, too, the the, I think your point, I even would expand it even more, because if it's okay for like, let's say you are saying that that's how we're going to roll and that the supreme leader is allowed to do that, well, then that must apply to other people too. But like, let's say you can create No, I'm saying it would, it would apply to other people. But that's what I'm saying. But like, yeah. I don't think, it's one thing for one person to be doing it. I'm not saying that would make it okay, but if like your entire society is adopting that as a rule like that, I think Malcolm X is looking at it like, oh, hell no. But that's an intellectual approach and thought to that, not one that is rooted simply in the teachings of elijah muhammad and, and there's also
1: I, I think the other crucial thing is i don't think he was saying hey as a member of the nation of islam um we invite you to take a child bride because you know that we haven't seen that happen i mean i think he had right. sort of one set of rules for you one set of rules for me which is what mm. feels so cult literary to me yeah yeah, yeah
0: you're right Yeah, because
1: Uh, I
2: I also think, like, for the most part, from my understanding, you are supposed to, you know, in the nation, if you with a woman, you marry that woman from the people that I know (laughs) that that were involved with it. You know, they they take a wife. Mm
1: -hmm. It's just one wife. (laughs) Malcolm X is never accused of anything, you know, improper outside of his marriage or anything like that. You never hear anything about that. You hear that he's a very, very good family man.
0: You know, and the funny thing, too, like, I had, I had mentioned this to people jokingly well before I saw this, but I, you know I'm saying, you know, Malcolm X was the cue of his day, except, like, there was proof he was right, and the the, uh, <laughs> the the person who got accused admitted it, and then, you know, just, like, all these things covered it up. But, yeah, I was Q like, okay. like, yeah, cue of his day. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, the other thing that's really interesting, if you think about it, like, I was just watching this whole thing, and I was like, imagine a situation where just twitter existed oh not not because of the mess yeah. it would create on social media but like okay so the elijah mom was like you can't talk to malcolm okay and he would be him up hey man you up <laughs> like hey man I can, I can talk for a second what's up you know like because i mean think about it, like when, when when they get cut ties they just happen to cross each other in africa by complete mistake it wasn't like they you know yeah um had the schedules aligned like it just so happened they were in the same airport at the same time and um then you know they they had that public falling out where they weren't embracing it anyway and people were like what the heck's going on but uh that's just wild. Like th- 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 just technology wasn't far enough for them to just have a cell phone. Hey, you know, hey, bro, what's going on? Or At least block. You said, oh, I, kn- I know before we even get in-, in person, this ain't a thing no more. Like I had to be embarrassed in front of everybody and he had to do me like that. You know, well, it's, I don't, it's, just, it's just interesting. Like if this never happens this way anymore because people just have too many other ways to communicate before it just happens in front of everybody.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. And it's the other thing, the other sense that I got is that everybody is watching and paying attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like that these like very mainstream white reporters are like, is it not true that you said three days ago in Detroit that this, that like, they're really. God,
0: oh, people I'm were fact checking. Holy shit. They're
1: really? But they're in really real time. What this group is saying. And it made me, I guess when I was growing up, I thought of like, I, I thought of like Malcolm X as like this mysterious, like, you know, far out figure, who's like, Mm -hmm. not that well known to like, like, I must be cool for knowing about him. It's like, no, his death is on the front page of the Daily News. Well,
0: and he's like, like, he's like going to Ivy Leagues and doing lectures and stuff like.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's, he's a very well known figure. And (laughs) to see, to see Muhammad, also to see Muhammad Ali going like the William F. Buckley show I think his name is Mm -hmm. and just like call him like a white dog and this is just like on TV on just one of the four (laughs) stations is incredible like this was the culture the culture has like regressed Um, in a lot of and there were no replays if it happened you just missed it you just missed it yeah but it's like (laughs) these incredible moments these massive cultural shifts just happening on TV every night and then we just pretend that like now is the craziest time to be alive no no
0: well 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 okay so so i ain't gonna lie i ain't gonna lie if we was if you said that in 2019 i'd have be like yeah you are right but it's 2021 and this pandemic shit makes no sense it makes no sense like i actually i can't make any sense of any of this one in 500 people are dead from one damn virus that is stupid
1: What if Kanye West goes on Tucker Carlson and is like, "You are a white devil dog"? Never happened because they're probably voting for the same. He would take it.
0: He would take it because he was like, "Are you running as a Republican next time?" These people are insane. This, the thing is, like, I would say this era is less consequential, but it is definitely more crazy. But it's only because of social media, though.
1: Not idea. just that, nah. nah I mean, it's, even it's the stuff that's happened in California with the recall—that is wow. crazy—that that happened twice in my lifetime, dude. That
0: doesn't even make sense. That and it's weird. I forgot that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor. So there's yeah. that. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the dude who's running—I don't want to get deep into this—but Larry Elder, who's yeah. like a black-white nationalist—it's the weirdest thing in the world. Like, it's hard to even really explain. That sounds contradictory, but. If I really went through it, you'd be like, oh, like okay. For example, one of his his beliefs, this is a black guy who's a Republican who's like a just a shock jock, essentially for like fundamentalist Christian radio. Um, he said, you know, as far as black people getting reparations, he says he thinks that's ridiculous. In fact, the families of slave owners should get reparations because they're oh, he did, he that dude, yeah. <laughs> and
1: wait, what, and she, then, what's the reason?
0: Because the the slave owners, when the slaves were, were free, they lost all their the value of of their property.
1: Oh, that's very trolly.
0: Yeah, and then here's the dumb thing: the factual <laughs> thing <laughs> is, slave owners did get reparations. So there's that shit <laughs> that actually happened. Whatever. It's uh, anyway.
2: Yeah, that so, man gotta hate himself.
0: Uh, man no, but look man he's doing a job man he's making his money just like candace owens they making their money they they not stupid they making money man they know i ain't
2: never heard candace owens say she cries but i ain't never heard her say something like that that's all the way uh
0: that uh keith they were on the prager you channel i don't recommend anybody use prager This shit's crazy she was interviewing him when he said that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway um I, I, I swear, everything I just said Sounds like it's made up And it's always real I don't recommend Looking up that interview Your hair will explode But <laughs> Anyway It's just the stuff man, Going people, on right people now People do stupid stuff man, For money For money That's all this is it's I for don't even money. think For money I think it's literally What they believe I don't believe That they believe it. They, Because they Because they will Say something Get caught in a lie And then say the Total opposite thing Like it's not an Intellectual exercise They're, they're doing jobs Anyway, I don't want to get deep into that right now. Uh, this doc is crazy, film crazy. Watch it; it's really interesting. Um, I think this is a good place to close. And in fact, before you guys leave, I want to make sure one more time, y'all make sure to check out the low key Instagram page so you can get the details on seeing Keeps' debut film. So definitely got to make that happen. Um, Tim, anything that you would like to make sure that's plugged for Movie Maker coming up?
1: No, I would like people to definitely go to the low-key page on Instagram and check out the moment. And we can all watch together on October 6th, right? Yes, October 6th.
2: And what time?
0: 7. 7 Central. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. All right. We appreciate y'all for rocking with us this far we will be back next week with some goodness and we'll holler y'all then okay peace peace